Warning, this show may contain adult content, language, and humor, and is intended for mature audiences. If that's not you, please stop listening now. Nothing you hear on Sex and Science Hour is intended as medical advice, financial advice, legal advice, therapy, or really anything other than entertainment. Please take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Oh, and if you're hearing us on an affiliate network, the ideas and views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the network you're listening on or of any sponsors or affiliate products you might hear about on the show. Now that all that's out of the way, let's start the show. This is Sex and Science Hour with Brian Sovereign and Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on. It's Friday and I'm here with my little wild cherry, Brian Sovereign. (laughs) Your little wild cherry. I like that. Yes, because before the show started, I gave Brian a kiss and it turned a... It turned a little passionate. Oh, I right. won't lie. And I was drinking something that, and was... I said, Brian, you taste like a wild cherry, <laughs> <laughs> because that's what you were drinking—some wild was cherry Pepsi, diet. Pepsi wild cherry, yes, <laughs> diet, yes. So anyway, I'm Stephanie, and um, we want to wish you a happy Friday and a happy Halloween. Absolutely, it's getting close to Halloween time. There, there are so many holidays that I just think are terrible i don't agree with them yeah don't i'm not a fan of every holiday out there but either halloween is just one of those where it's like yeah let's have some more yeah um, halloween is super fun um yeah. as long as you allow you don't allow yourself to get pigeonholed into um you know feeling like you have to put on a sexy costume for women or dress and drag for men which i don't like yeah maybe is that what everybody secretly wants to do but like halloween's the only socially acceptable time to do it i don't know um, well <laughs> <laughs> well as long as you you don't, yeah, as long as you don't let yourself get pigeonholed, a lot of things can be really fun, and Halloween is no exception. So we have a, actually a Halloween show planned out for you today, and we're going to talk about some scary stories here on Sex and Science Hour. But not all these stories might be scary to you. Uh, some of them are only going to be most scary to, let's just say, heterosexual, homophobic men. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And you'll see what I mean when we start getting into these stories. For example, the first one I have here, Brian, Tinder hack causes straight men to hit on each other. Ooh, this is scary. This is from BuzzFeed. This genius Tinder hack caused straight guys to hit on each other. The hacker decided to give the men of Tinder a taste of their own medicine by (gasps) Emma O'Connor. After hearing tons of Tinder pickup line horror stories from his female friends, an anonymous programmer decided to turn decided to turn the tables on the guys on the dating app. Now, how do they know the anonymous programmer is a guy? First of all, I I read the story and I thought this has to be a woman who did this hack. But well, anyway. to quote the Matrix, you know, when when Neo walks up to Trinity, uh, you know, it's like, wow, I thought you were a guy, and Trinity says, mm-hmm. yeah, most guys do, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that is something that happens in in the, the hacker space. Yeah, sure does. But that, hey, it's a better way to just take them by surprise, right? That's right. Satoshi Nakamoto, folks. Yeah, it's with a she. <laughs> 
The original idea was to throw it back into the face of the people doing it and see how they would react, the hacker told Verge, to whom he gave an exclusive interview. The program matched two straight men who both liked the fake bait profiles, but made it so they both saw the other one as the woman. So they both swiped a woman, a, mm-hmm. a profile that was a woman, or so they thought. Right. And they thought they were matching with a woman, but when it came down to it, they were actually talking to another dude. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a snapshot of a chat conversation. Because hilarity ensued. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're confusing me with someone else, but I looked at my profile and all the pictures are of me and I'm a man. I don't understand you. What is a man? You mean a woman? <laughs> the pictures you posted here aren't your pictures. Is that right? No, all the pictures are of me. I'm a man, a male. I have a penis, not a vagina. I'm confused by what you think right now. Maybe it's a language misunderstanding. (laughs) (laughs) This is like a screenshot of their chats. The hacker also created a code that scrambled phone numbers if the two men exchanged them and cut off the conversation if they made concrete plans to meet up. (laughs) Here's, here's, yeah. I'm kind of, so there's a little part of me all right, no, keep reading. I'm sorry. Well, there's just a funny, um, another funny screenshot. Person one says, ciao. Person two says, meet, grope, head, doggy. Person one says, everything sounds good. <laughs> what are you up to? With an R and a U. Person two, <laughs> uh, chilling on the Upper West Side, you. Person one, going to drink something. Where do you live? So it's it's two guys. They're talking to right. each other like guys on Grinder would, but they're straight. Yeah, I, I, my only concern is is that this sounds like the ability that was laid out in this seems a little more advanced than any hacker could actually. Do. Yeah, how did they get the people to install whatever software exploit made this take place? I mean, I, well, I could see that. It's just like the ability to like that it shuts down, and I I don't know, something seems odd about it. But keep going. I think it's funny. The California-based hacker told The Verge that he initially felt guilty about the hack, but, quote, when someone is so quick to meet up without any detail or knowing anything about the person at all, maybe it's deserved. I don't know if I agree with that, but um, it is true that a lot of people are lax about their security, uh-huh. especially on dating sites. Sure. Do you agree? Yeah, well, yeah of what course do you I think, agree. What do you think, Brian? Do people, are people getting what they deserve if they meet up with someone too fast? I don't think so, because you could justify all kinds of horrible things that way you know uh, well i don't know i don't like these apps in the first place i mean i i think this is funny if this is true if this is real if this happened yes these guys got what they deserved i mean you know it kind of reminds me what's that what's that saying that um men are afraid of oh um homophobia is the oh, fear right. that of is the fear of men that they will be treated the way they treat women yeah it seems to like kind of you know hit that home yeah, right absolutely <laughs> that that that's exactly uh you know what would what would really happen yeah uh and and i think there's some truth to that statement uh you know frankly mm-hmm. uh so yeah if it's real it's funny as hell do you got more you want to read uh just this some of the guys took a very long time to figure out what was going on said the hacker they ignore all the signs they ignore all the weird things have you ever it. done that? Have you ever t- been talking to someone online and something seems off? Not with like a, maybe even necessarily a dating situation, but somebody on Facebook sends you a message and you're like, who is this person? I, that's definitely happened to me. And then I block them or sure, like stop yeah. talking to them. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what this really hits? <laughs> I mean, yeah. It hits at the fact that, and I've said this many times on my own show, Sovereign Tech, is that, you know, 
the problem isn't like these apps really. I mean, I don't, I, I think Tinder, I think, honestly, I think it's a terrible thing. Um, I, I think, I think most dating apps and most dating systems are just horrendous. Uh, but I mean, that's my own personal opinion and we've talked about it many times on this show, but, um, you know, I don't think that they're really the problem. The problem is, is humans just aren't ready for the internet. They're just not, <laughs> you know, I mean, they're, they're not even close to being prepared for what this handles. And you can tell just by having interactions with some of these people. Oh, yeah. It really messes with the human psyche because we're not really equipped to handle groups of more than like 10 to 15 people. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's like that as- tribe size. Right. There's that aspect of it. I mean, there's just there, just humans are not ready for this. You know, I mean, so many problems. Like people talk about trolling on Twitter. They talk about this. Look, they're just not ready. You know what other system was broken this week? What's or that? just recently, I guess. Are you familiar with the TV show The Bachelor, where there's, you know, yeah. uh, like 15 women competing for the affections of one man and they all want him and then their cat and then they, you know, the subplot is they start fighting with each other and they're mm. competitive and they're all trying to get the one man. And so, <laughs> no, that that really relies, and there's a bachelorette, of course, too, yes. the same thing with guys that are competing for one woman. And it all relies on heterosexuality where they artificially limit the supply of opposite sex partners down mm-hmm. to one and then they have a bunch of uh, you know competition <laughs> they throw together a bunch of people and watch them compete over this artificially limited supply of of opposite sex partners now what happens if not everybody's heterosexual 100% <laughs> their system gets broken <laughs> so here's another thing that might be scary to straight men they went on the bachelor hoping to find love but megan marks and tiffany scanlon ended up finding it with each other <laughs> oh no this is from <laughs> the horror this is from people.com uh by dave quinn <laughs> I lo- it just reminds me I-, I love the old saying what would women do without us you know a man saying that oh yeah that's like, exactly well, they what do? they well, would do just get with each other yeah <laughs> that's right and ladies you can still do this even though out in the world there's not an artificially limited supply i mean i know in some cities like in new york city they say it's really hard to find a boyfriend because a lot of there's a lot of very highly educated very amazing women strong mm-hmm. independent educated women who can take care of themselves yeah um but you know they start to want a boyfriend or husband after a while and they're looking for men to date and there's just nothing it's like a desert there's more women than there are men first of all and in that age group or whatever it's like impossible to find male partners or especially male partners who are like the same education level or whatever yes so um yeah it's kind of like a desert for these poor thirsty women who are living in new york thirsty <laughs> well I won't say all of them are thirsty, but I see, I always think like, especially, you know, it's hard to be bisexual. Mm -hmm. It's hard to be gay, but it's, it's also hard to be bisexual. And it's especially hard for males who are bisexual. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, with how relatively socially acceptable it is, I mean, you get other shit if you're a female bi, like men think you're doing it for their pleasure. And that's obviously not true. Right. Um, (laughs) But if you if you are like a little bit bisexual, you always have the option to date someone of the same sex. You know, you don't have to find an opposite sex partner unless you really want to have biological children with that person right away or whatever. Yeah. But if you're open to the idea of of having, you know, a same sex partner. Why not? <laughs> you yeah. know, you can expand your dating pool just by being a little bit more open-minded. And same thing with with guys. You know, there's a, the whole thing where 
um, you know, there's this thing in radical feminism, right, where they, you like you're encouraged to kind of choose lesbianism, right, because men are shit and men mm-hmm. will hurt you and abuse you and they're violent and stuff. And so why would you be with a man? You should choose, obviously, come over to the lesbian side shit. and be bar- partners with another woman. Does that make me a rad femme? Because... <laughs> That's what because I always that's what tell you advocate, women. Right? <laughs> Every time they ask me about it, it's like, "Oh, my boyfriend's this." It's like, get with a girl. Well, leave him. Right, and it's not a new idea. I mean, and it does make sense in a way, yeah. you know, because there are a lot of abusive partner males out there, you know, yeah. especially women who've been with in violent or abusive relationships with men, and they just they're not up for dating a man ever again. Mm-hmm. But if they want to date anyone, what are they going to do? They don't trust men, so okay. Well, if you're attracted to women, you could date a woman. Yep. But I always want to know, like, so radical feminists do that, and they're fine with it. Why not the MGTOWs or the men going their own way, right? Why don't they go the way of other men? Why not the MRAs start advocating that guys hook up with each other, right? Because if guys supposedly have these great high sex drives, you know, they can satisfy each other. Well, you know, there's there's some that claim the MRA movement is actually, it's a homosexual conspiracy, and it's... It's just trying to wear down all the men to to join the pink mafia. Really? I've never heard about that. And I've never heard an MRA or a MGTOW claim that, um, why don't we men just hook up with each other? Yeah, no, you you know you won't get that. But that's because, because that's, that's because they they are homophobic and they think it's bad. To well, be right, right. I mean, because the reality is is just it's they a hate bunch women, of, but they want to fuck them. Well, the, yeah, the reality is they're not getting laid. <laughs> like otherwise, either that or you know, I don't know. They 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 screwed up in their marriage or they got married in the first place. I don't know, whatever that, that messed everything up. By the way, you're a divorced man yes. and you're, you're not like, you don't hate women. Nah, not at all. No, oh, no. Cause you can differentiate between the experience that you had that didn't work out and, and hurt you and all women as a group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can treat people as individuals. It's a, I mean, I, it's a real, that is a radical concept. You know, that, that people are not oh boy, their gender, they're actually an individual. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to say that too much. <laughs> so anyway, um, they went on The Bachelor hoping to find love. Megan Marks and Tiffany Scanlon ended up finding it, but with each other. The blonde beauties were two of 25 contestants on the Australian version of the hit ABC reality dating show, looking to nab that final rose from the model Richie Strawn. But while dating the same man, the two women fell for one another. <laughs> Marks, 27, took to Instagram Monday to celebrate Scanlon's 30th birthday and explain how they fell in love. And they have posted some really very sexy pictures of themselves on Instagram. Um, from that first cocktail party, she says, it was like this instant calibration between souls, as if we had known each other once before, Mark said. Friendship ripened into something bolder. Trust in a very strange situation was formed, and now every adventure we have rivals the other and continues to make plans for itself. Marx praised Scanlon for breaking down her walls. Isn't that cute? I love yeah, it. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's great. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and really, why? you know, I get it. It's a show, and reality TV, of course, isn't reality in all, at all. In fact, Mark Burnett, the guy that kind of started the whole reality TV trend in America— specifically said he doesn't like the fact that it's called reality TV. He said it should be called a contrived dramality mm. because reality TV, you know, is assuming something that it really isn't. There's yeah. no reality being shown here. That sounds um, about right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> contrived and, dramality. Yeah. So what, what should, you know, I know it's supposed to be kind of a little more real and there's certain confines within the show and people have to act in a certain way. It's like the MTV in the real world, all that bullshit. Um, <laughs> but 
yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of women around you. Like, why are you fighting over this one asshat? You know, just like... Right. <laughs> like, the real treasure is right next to you, dear. Yeah, and like maybe... The, I think they all have to like stay in a hotel or in a room together. And it's oh like, well, well, for fuck's sake. It's like, what, what are you wasting your time? Life is short, baby. Whoa, get on it. You know? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, you know, sometimes when you meet somebody and it's just that instant connection, it doesn't matter what they are, you know, what they're... It's like your souls are connected. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and of course it doesn't help it doesn't hurt i'm sure that they're both very attractive women so yeah no right that's that's certainly something what did they um, expect know, really them. those producers if they put all these women together in a room yeah so um another scary halloween story Ooh, rates of sexually transmitted diseases reach quote unprecedented levels mm. in the U.S. by George Dvorsky. We ended up, we always end up reading his articles, don't this we? Is a smart guy. I mean, yeah. Io9 is I that like from Io9? I'm guessing it's Gizmodo. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, uh, previously Gawker properties. Um, he's actually a pretty smart guy. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. An alarming report put out by the Centers for Disease Control shows that the total combined cases of severe, several sexually transmitted diseases have reached an unprecedented high in the United States. Now, the Centers for Disease Control, I think it's always worth mentioning that they get their funding from raising concern about about diseases, about com communicable diseases, whether it's sexually transmitted or otherwise. So they have an incentive to exaggerate and to make this seem like a serious problem. Sure. So does so do news organizations. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, well, yes, <laughs> yeah. they do. Yeah. And of course, then there's other groups that have incentive to make this seem like a serious problem, like mm -hmm. the religious right, who wants people to not have sex right. or to encourage monogamy and marriage. And so if you scare people into thinking you're going to get some horrible disease on your cock or pussy when you you know have sex yeah and uh that's gonna happen to you <laughs> unless you get married first or whatever then you know that fits their agenda too so i'm not saying this is not a problem or not a serious problem i'm just saying that i can see some incentives that would incentivize certain groups to make it out to you know to oh, yeah to, to draw attention to it as a problem right right or perhaps overblow it yeah yeah and this is one of those things where it's hard to figure out the truth, right? Mm -hmm. How much of a concern should this be to to you or me personally? You know what I mean? How much of a concern should it be at, at different points in your life, right? Right. If you like, if you go into a bath public bathroom and you sit on the toilet seat, could some cooties jump up into your cooch and you know then you're dead? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if you go to the locker room and you sit on the bench, are you going to pick up some kind of warts or something? Right. Like nobody wants that, right? And but yet that are some of the things that we're told. Yeah. Um, and, or if you're, you know, if you're like married, but you're like maybe a swinger or something, you're having key parties or you're going to, you're going to wild orgy parties, or you're just dating more than one person at a time, or you're sure. hooking up with people on Tinder. How much of a concern is it to you? And that's a great question. I wish I had a great answer <laughs> to yeah. go with it. Cause honestly, this is something that I've been confused about how much to worry about it in my life. Yeah, um, I mean, was there part of the story you wanted to read? Yeah, sure. Or? Let's read it. Um, I'm just saying, I, I don't know. I don't have all the answers yeah. of how worried you should be about this. But, yeah, no, um, same here. <laughs> and I'm admitting that because I'm a big fan of saying I don't know when I really don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, actually, I was just on a podcast this week called Liberty Under Attack, and we did this show about sort of, it was sort of about epistemology, like how do you know what's true? Right. Right. And a scientific consensus, you know, and just like science in general. And I was on with uh, Daryl Becker and uh, Shane, the, the host of that show. And um, we talked a lot about that. 
actually. Mm-hmm. You know, just how do you know, <laughs> how do you d- figure out what's true, especially when it's really confusing, complicated issues like what diet is best, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. <laughs> um, how worried should you be about sexually transmitted diseases? Is there global warming going on? Should you worry about fracking? You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> or Fukushima, um, all these other things. So anyway, reports of chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis, the three most common reported most commonly reported STDs in America, reached new heights last year, according to CDC's new report. Last year alone saw 1.5 million cases of chlamydia, more than, more, sorry, nearly 400,000 cases of gonorrhea, and nearly 2,000, or sorry, 2,400, 24,000, sorry, I'm reading this live and it's a little late, nearly 24,000 cases of primary and secondary syphilis, the most infectious stages of the disease. From 2014 to 2015, cases of primary and secondary syphilis uh, jumped a whopping 19%, while cases of gonorrhea and chlamydia shot up 12 to 15% and 15% respectively. Uh, We've reached a decisive moment for the nation, said the CDC director. Um, STD rates are rising. Many of the country's systems for preventing STDs have eroded. I don't understand that. Like, what are the systems? Planned Parenthood or something? Isn't yeah, Obama I, like? Isn't Obamacare in charge or something? I mean, I haven't seen less condoms on the shelves. I don't. I don't know exactly what they're talking about. Yeah, in terms of eroded systems, Merman is referring to substantial budget cuts made in recent years. See, there's the budget, resulting in more than 20 health department STD clinic closures in a single year. Limited access to clinics has resulted in diminished access to STD testing and treatment for those in need. And I mean, that's true. Like a lot of people don't want to go to their regular doctor if their pee starts burning all of a sudden. Sure. They're embarrassed and they don't want to, they don't know what the test is going to feel like. Are they going to shove a cotton swab down your dick and is it going to hurt? You know, are they going to tell people, you know, or is the doctor going to look at you funny next time? I mean, so those clinics are important. You know, I like everybody goes to those. You know, I I knew a guy um, who was like in his, I guess, mid 40s, um, had a new girlfriend, went in to get some STD testing at the girlfriend's request and found out that he had chlamydia and he had no idea. And he had no idea how long he had had it. He had no symptoms, just didn't know. So they can be asymptomatic. Right. But of course, you can still pass them on to someone else, and then that person could get harmed could get by the symptoms, it. symptoms, yeah. Right. They could get the symptoms, they can get infertility in women, and that kind of thing. Right. And there's this kind of chemical warfare thing that goes on with sperm where it contains, like, it, or semen contains, like, this immunosuppressant kind of stuff, which is meant to help, you know, get the woman pregnant, but it also increases the transmission of STDs. So heterosexual women who are having sex with men are one of the most vulnerable groups. Mm. To yeah, or anyone who has sex with men, actually, men yeah. having sex with men are even more vulnerable because of you, you know anal sex, which yes. causes tearing and is more likely to expose blood and that kind of thing. I guess if you're having if you're a woman having anal sex with men, same thing. Um, but also, vaginal sex can be risky. But anyway, um, yeah. So, <laughs> in terms of a cause, it's tempting to point the finger at popular hookup apps like Grinder and Tinder. They say, "Fact is, not enough research has been done to prove a link between these services and the rise in STDs." An association is quite possible, of course, but more research needs to be done, particularly a longitudinal study that tracks the same subjects over a long period of time to prove a link. It's also possible, of course, that better reporting and increased public awareness about STDs has resulted in more people getting tested, which in turn is driving up the numbers. And now. I don't know if uh, I don't know what the real story is. Why the increase? Is there just more testing and more reporting, or is there actually um, higher rates of STDs? 
Um, now there is this, there's like strains of gonorrhea and chlamydia. Now, this is really scary here. This is the Halloween episode because we got to do something. <laughs> yes, howling at the moon, <laughs> howling at the chlamydial moon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are some strains of chlamydia and especially gonorrhea that are resistant to antibiotics. They're developing Damn. antibiotic resistance. It used to be a thing where you just like, okay, take some penicillin. Those are, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Especially before AIDS came around. It's like, okay, they're not going to kill me, right? You just take some penicillin for a week and it's gone. But in some cases now, they're resistant to penicillin. So you, you got to go with stronger antibiotics and you keep up in the ante and they get resistant to every antibiotic out there. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, what do we do? There's only, there's a couple of strains of gonorrhea that there's only one antibiotic left that, that will kill them. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you know, I'm reminded of the old saying that uh, the more doctors there are, the, the more sick people there are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not saying that that's relative to this, because I, I suppose some would argue there aren't more doctors right now. Um, but yeah. Why? It, because the doctors are retiring because they don't want to deal with Obamacare? Or well, what? yeah. No one wants to go into the field like there's no mm-hmm. more general practitioners. They're all gone, you know. Well, uh, oh, yeah. That's something I can attest to. I mean, because right. I did drop out of medical school, actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, but I don't, you know, I don't know. A, is this, you know, how accurate are these numbers? B, you know, how true is it? I mean, the bottom line is just be like with anything, just be super conscious, you know, of what's going on. People can get tested. and Yes. And I know, you know, some people think condoms are not fun, but you know, what's really not fun. Chlamydia. <laughs> yeah. Chlamydia and gonorrhea. Yeah. <laughs> Especially antibiotic resistant. Yeah. <laughs> so just, you know, peace of mind. It's like if someone isn't willing to wear a condom, someone you don't know well, but you want to have sex with or whatever, mm-hmm. then, you know, they're not worth it. That's what yeah, I feel exactly. about it. Anyway, this is Sex and Science Hour. Are you scared yet? <laughs> Are you scared? Okay, so we're coming up on the break, but I started something new during the breaks. So we're going to do little promos. I am an audiobook narrator. You can find my books on audible.com by searching my name, Stephanie Murphy. And I would like to draw your attention to a book that's particularly appropriate for this time of year. It's called How to Do No Contact Like a Boss by Kim Saeed and narrated by me, Stephanie Murphy. Now, the reason I want to promote this book right now is because it's about um, narcissistic abuse in relationships. It's about abusive relationships and how people who are narcissists and sociopaths will take advantage of their partners and they don't even realize it's happening until it's too late often. So this book is about how to identify them and how to recognize that you might be in a relationship like this and get that person out of your life. So How to Do No Contact Like a Boss by Kim Saeed. If you want a free coupon code to listen to the audiobook, email me, uh, show at sexandsciencehour.com. And I thank you very much. How did I do that? I don't that even was have amazing. I don't even have to. That was a one take. I have like this innate sense of timing. I won't even have to edit that in post. It's I didn't, great. I didn't want to interrupt, but I I think that book's amazing. But anyway, let's. You edited that book, I Brian. Did edit it. You yeah. are you're my little helper. You're That's like right. Santa's little helper. You're yeah, like one of the little elves. Yeah, but I'll tell you a few years ago. Pole. I wish I had it. Anyway, great book. Yeah, yeah I know. I mean, saying. I think everybody has experienced those kind of relations. If you've been in enough relationships, mm-hmm. you're going to encounter people who abuse you in different, in various ways. Absolutely. And to various degrees. And some, sometimes the abuse is very insidious and you don't realize until you're really in deep. You yeah. Know? And I, you know, I guess there's just, there's some people that you have to, you have to be really careful of. And there's also some ideas you have to be very careful with because, you know, Doctors can be wrong 
Uh, people who sell medical devices can be wrong. People who sell supplements can be wrong. Yep. Especially back in the 1800s, the early <laughs> 1900s. There were a lot of cures floating around. And, and some people credit this as this is the reason why the FDA exists, the Food and Drug Administration that regulates, you know, all these medicines and medical claims. Um, because, you know, back in the day, people sold all kinds of little concoctions and snake tinctures. Oil. And yeah, snake oil, right. It was uh, something that was useless or harmful and that was sold for a high price mm-hmm. and that people made all these medical claims about it that were not proven or turned out not to be right. Which, just to be clear, mass communication could have solved that problem just as easily as anything like the FDA can. Mm-hmm. You know, just say, hey, this guy was selling this. It's BS. Boom. Done. You know, I mean. Yeah, but they didn't have mass communication no, right, back then. <laughs> right. I'm just saying, like, we're past the point where anything like the FDA needs to exist. But please continue. Yeah, yeah, sure. And um, and actually, it does happen in the supplement industry. Yeah. Where people are exposing scam supplements and stuff like that. Right. And also skepticism plays a role in it. You know, back in the back in those days, everybody was was religious you know, and so that's like talk about the original scam. You know, getting people <laughs> getting people to believe this, right? Yeah. If they believe that, they'll believe a butt plug cures headaches. Whoa! <laughs> right? That's a bit of a leap of faith. Well, hear me <laughs> out. This is from Pink Nose dot Pink News Pink Nose Pink News dot co dot UK. The Pink News. <laughs> Like the pink mafia? It's a conspiracy. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Butt plugs used to be sold as a miracle cure for headaches and acne by Nick Duffy. Ooh. And it has a picture of Dr. Young's ideal rectal dilators. <laughs> Americans once used butt plugs as miracle cure devices for everything from insomnia to bad breath. Sold under the name Dr. Young's Ideal Rectal Dilators, early primitive forms of butt plugs. See, I told you this would be scary to heterosexual men. I was just thinking, I'm sure there's a lot of conservatives (laughs) that would say this would cure AIDS. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I don't know if they believe that, but there are certainly people in the world who believe that if you fuck a virgin, it will cure AIDS. Yeah, which is a very dangerous, obviously, belief. Uh, Sold under like the... like a frog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you talking about the Book of Mormon, the musical? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was funny. They had the scene about the, the guy fucking the frog, the bullfrog. Yeah, all right. Please continue. Can you cure his AIDS? Oh, my God. That's one I haven't seen in a while. That yeah. was a funny play. Sold under the name Dr. Young's Ideal Rectal Dilators, early primitive forms of butt plugs have been traced back to the late 1800s. Most forms of anal intercourse were illegal at that time under harsh sodomy laws. So, of course, they were used strictly for medical purposes and definitely not for ye old bum fun. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Young's ideal rectal dilators were made from a jelly-like material, with with one set of the dilators coming in a set of four torpedo-like rods. From a little half-incher to a four-inch long and one-inch wide version. Ouch. (laughs) Despite little evidence of a medical benefit, the devices caught on around the turn of the century, with one ad claiming they, quote, may be used by any intelligent person for treating piles or constipation. I have no idea what piles is, but something to do with poop, I'm guessing. Okay. 
Writing in an 1893 medical journal, the eponymous Dr. Young touted the devices as a cure for insanity, insisting that it could cure 75% of people considered insane in, quote, in a few weeks' time. Just plug your ass. <laughs> yeah, all it takes is a few weeks, that insanity will go right away. <laughs> you know, this really reminded me of like almost like the male version of hysteria, you know, uh, where women were considered um, insane and the, the, the crazy came from their uterus, right? Not from their brain or their mind or the abuse that they were probably suffering at the hands of many men right. uh, and their family and their husbands and stuff. They were considered crazy and the crazy was coming from their uterus by virtue of the fact that they're women and they're, you know, just kind of inferior. And so if they were lucky, they got hand jobs from doctors and made them have orgasms, which cured the hysteria. If they were unlucky, they got hysterectomies and unnecessary surgeries to, uh, oh, you know, oh, subdue them. Oh. Yeah. It was a horror tale. Yeah. But I mean, you know, a butt plug as a treatment for insanity? That's really not so bad. <laughs> Come on, that's really not so bad. Better than a lobotomy. I mean, uh, the device grew in its alleged benefits the longer it was on the market, benefiting from lax regulation on medical devices that permitted its sale as a, quote, cure for a range of maladies. However, big government eventually put a stop to all the fun with 1938's Federal Food, Drugs and Cosmetics Act, which introduced probably quite sensible regulation, they say, for the first time, consequently clamping down like a tight ass on the sale of magic <laughs> like <a sphincter>. butt plugs, <laughs> like a sphincter on the sale of magic butt plugs. Just two years after the act came into effect, Dr. Young's ideal rectal dilators were banned outright, according to court records. The court noted, quote, the rectal dilator would be dangerous to health when used with the frequency and duration prescribed, recommended, or <laughs> suggested. The labeling of products bore false and misleading information in the treatment of the conditions indicated below. <laughs> and then they, they give like a laundry list of conditions it was alleged to cure. Uh, on the on the label that um, t instructed you on how to use this, it said um, <laughs> that one need not have any fear of using it too long or too much. Uh, <laughs> and the court said that was uh, false and misleading since the article would not be efficacious for such purposes and might be used too much and too long. Wow. Here are the instructions for the devices. Adults, begin with number one dilator. First, warm dilator in warm water. Then, lubricate outside of dilator with Dr. Young's pillament, or if it is not available with Vaseline. Oh, see, see, the, <laughs> the butt plug was just the lost leader. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, That's right. It's really all the sales were made with the lube. Got it. All right. <laughs> and you need a lot of it <laughs> if using as directed. And while in a squatting position or while lying on the side with knees drawn up, gently insert into the rectum as far as the flange or rim. Hold in place a minute, and the anal muscles will close and retain it. <laughs> Sit or lie down, and allow it to remain for mm, half an hour to an hour to get the best results. <laughs> Ten minutes will accomplish much. Oh, see, uh, there's the rub. There's the rub, right? Yes. Is that you got to take it out every 10 minutes. But then 10 minutes later, you can put it back in. Really, you could well, have that's... just left it in all day, yeah. except for when you need to you know, drop a deuce. But <laughs> but, I, but that see, that's how they sell you more lube. Oh, this is a scam. <laughs> well, they did say something about that. It says, when ready to go to the next larger size, <laughs> it's best to use for a few minutes the same size you have been using, inserting and withdrawing it several times. This is very beneficial and should not be overlooked. They told wow. you to pull it in and out. <laughs> oh, God. 
The FDA concluded the ads were false and misleading since it would not be efficacious for such purposes. On December 6, 1940, no claimant having appeared, judgments of con- condemnation were entered and the products were ordered destroyed. <laughs> and that was that. One destroyed batch of magic butt plugs later, the mysterious Dr. Young was persona non grata. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Ooh, are you scared yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Coming out of the Victorian age, I mean, oh yeah, like, you had so the many horrors that at came the out of the Victorian like, age. You know, th- I mean, some some assholes needed to be loosened. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just a metaphor for what was the social change of the time that was really <laughs> desperately needed. And look, suddenly you get the Gilded Age, and everybody loves it. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming up, we do have our next segment here, and we've got two listener emails. You want to get to them, Brian? Oh yeah, I can't wait for this. All right, there's more coming up here on Sex and Science Hour. Stick with us, darlings. Brian, my little wild cherry, you have a podcast, don't you? I do. What's your podcast called? It is Sovereign Tech. Now, the spelling's important. S-O-V-R-Y-N. And you go to SovereignTech.com, and there you'll find everything that I do. That's cool. Well, I love your podcast. Even if I wasn't your girlfriend, I would totally listen to your podcast as often as I could. Every week, every episode, I wouldn't miss one because it's really cool. You talk about technology and how it relates to humanity, right? Yeah, absolutely. I human mean, freedom and potential and all that. Sure, get a little science in there. All in- and there's some sex too. Oh, there. Oh, I try. And sometimes I'm on the show, so you know, Ooh, you definitely yes, don't want to miss those. Yeah, we keep on the bleeding edge of everything. Yeah, absolutely. So you have a show that you release every Saturday. Sometimes there's more content than that, but it's at least once a week yep. for a couple hours. And then you have your uh, bonus section for your subscribers only, right? Yeah. And if you go to SovereignTech.com, that website that takes you right to the Patreon page where you can listen to all the main episodes for free, but then you could also get access. You can become a patron and you can get the hours and hours and hours and hours of, uh, of bonus content. This is Sex and Science Hour. Welcome back to the show, our lovelies. So we got some listener emails to get to. Now that we've thoroughly scared everyone and spooked everyone with our boo Halloween stories. One (laughs) segment, two segment, three Three segment. segment. Ah, 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 ah. Okay, that was bad. You know, (laughs) we... um, should we say this? <laughs> I, I just don't know. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I won't name names, but we used to work with somebody. <laughs> that laughed like... Yeah. Who, who had a count laugh. He laughed just like the count on Sesame Street. It was impressive. Oh, oh, oh. He would throw back his head and laugh just like the count. It was really cute. It was good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we had a listener write in about how to hunt a unicorn. Now, unicorns are kind of mythical creatures, um, so I figured, why not talk about them on the Halloween show, right, where we talk about monsters and sure, ghosts and ghouls and all those other mythical beings like unicorns. Yeah, I imagine there's people dressing uh, dressing as uni- uh, unicorns right now. Yep, per- perhaps so. Yeah. Um, and there's people that are going to be unicorns in a different way, which we'll, we'll talk about just here in a, mi- okay. in a moment. <laughs> so the listener says, I'm a heterosexual man married to my beautiful wife. I think my wife might be bi if she were in the right situation with the right woman, but I haven't talked to her about it yet. It's just a hunch. I would like to initiate a threesome with her and another wim- woman that everyone enjoys. I have not asked her about whether she'd be open to a threesome or if she wants to be in a sexual situation with a- another woman just yet. 
How do I get from here to a great threesome? Any advice would be appreciated. Thanks. So I actually spoke to this person. I clarified, you know, what they meant. Um, and and he wants to know everything. How does he talk to his wife about this? How does he, um, you know, encourage her to go down this path? And how does he find the right woman to join them for their night of fun? And the reason I named this unicorn hunting is because this is what this person is. They're a unicorn hunter. Um, <laughs> people, uh, heterosexual couples who want to have threesomes, are often looking for that hot bisexual single woman who can join them as their third for their threesome. Yes. And they call her a unicorn because often she doesn't exist. (laughs) It's very hard to find a unicorn. Yeah. Now there are a few of them out there, but they're just not nearly enough of them to serve the demand for unicorns. Yes. (laughs) So this guy wants to know how to do it all. I say, first of all, um, talking to the wife is the most important thing first. Mm-hmm. If you if you want this to happen, you cannot just spring spring it on her. A good threesome is negotiated in advance. Everybody's on the same page. It can't be one of those things where people get drunk and it just happens. Otherwise, there's going to be drama. There's going to be jealousy. There's going to be, um, hey, you didn't talk to me about this. What what was going on? There has to be communication about it, and it makes it better. It might be a little awkward or weird, but if you feel so awkward and weird about talking to your partner, about adding another person into your you know, for a night, for a threesome, then, you know, maybe you shouldn't be having the threesome if you can't talk about it in advance. So talking about it first is very important. Yeah. Um, During that talk, it has to be okay for her to say no, by the way, because we've established that the guy wants it. Sometimes a woman wants it. Sometimes it's, it's three men or three women that are negotiating for a threesome and one of them wants it, one of them doesn't. Right. There are situations where one person wants it, one partner wants it, and another one or two doesn't. So you got to make sure everybody's on the same page. And when you're talking to your wife about it, you have to, like, it can't be an ultimatum. It can't be, well, I want to do this, so do this or you're no fun or I'm leaving you or X, Y, Z. Yeah. It has to be, would you like to do this? What what would make it so that it would be an enjoyable experience for you? If you're not open to it right now, is there anything we could do to get you one one step closer? Maybe we could watch some porn. Maybe we could dirty talk about it while we just have sex together. Maybe we could think about it. Maybe we could read some erotic fiction about it and see how that goes. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I, I mean, and this is just, so I, I've had threesomes. You know, I, 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 I get it mm-hmm. um, as far as how, you know, they, they kind of come to be, well, that, I mean, that, that's sort of another story on that end, but I'm just saying like, if this was, if, if this was something, you know, you've never talked about it before in the relationship, it's never come up before or anything like that. Like, I, I feel like the way to do it is that with, with your partner is like maybe either watch a movie or hell even porn where that sort of thing is happening. But here's a very important warning sign, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. If you don't already, like, say, watch porn together or could watch a movie like that together, it's probably an automatic no. Yeah. I mean, you never know unless you ask. Well, that's true. Even with religious people, you know, they say the marriage bed is undefilable, right? Is undefiled, yeah. Or undefiled, right? So basically that means you can do anything as long as you're married, right? Yeah, well, right. I mean, in Christianity, there is supposed, I mean, depending on how you interpret things, you can't have... You could have, you could, a guy could sleep with two women. Oh, right. Because it's polygamy, right? And the Bible sanctions it. Some, and, and I'm not talking about Mormonism. I'm talking straight what Bible 
you know, Old Testament brings up. Old Testament. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, but that's another subject. Yeah. I don't know if religion is playing a factor in this particular relationship, but it certainly does in some people's relationships. Sure. So it's worth mentioning. Um, but just hangups in general, you know, a, a threesome might be very excited to some there's a wide range of views on threesomes that people have to some people it might feel very exciting to them mm -hmm. to some people it might be exciting but only with a, a partner a third person of a particular gender or a particular type of person or whatever yeah. they might have a specific idea of how they want it to go you know maybe your wife want would have a MMF threesome, but not an MFF like sure. you want, <laughs> right? Yeah, Maybe she would do it with two guys, but not with a guy and another woman. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe jealousy would come up for her. Or maybe she loves the idea, and maybe she's been secretly hoping you would ask, but she didn't want to bring it up because she didn't want to hurt your feelings. You it, never know until you talk to her. Yep. But people have a wide range of views, and any of those views you know, sort of have to be okay. It's it's like whenever you enter a negotiation with somebody or a conversation with you have an idea of what you want the outco outcome to be and anything less is unacceptable, that's a recipe for disaster. Because, for, yeah. because it's a, it is a negotiation. It's not an ultimatum, mm -hmm. right? So if she, sa if she says no and there's just no way she's up for it, um, then that's it. It should stop there. You should respect it. If yeah. she really doesn't want to do it, if she does want to do it or if she's open to it, you know, try baby steps like we talked about. First, do a little bit of porn or dirty talking or fantasizing about it. Mm -hmm. um, now, since this woman has never been with another woman before and um, <laughs> yeah, um, I gave a little bit of a look, but <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> what was your why, why did you give that look? Oh, explain well, it for the listeners. OK, well, the reason like so any. Anytime I had been in a threesome where it was two women and mm -hmm. one guy, mm -hmm. obviously me being the one guy, uh, it was, it was always because the two women had a relationship mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. because they had already gotten it on together beforehand. They had already, you know, explored each other, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, they were girlfriends, however it ended up working out that, that was like always kind of the way that that went down. Um, I mean, unless, unless I was buying, you know, buying sex workers you know unless i was hiring sex workers mm -hmm. sex, uh, sex workers <laughs> yes. then it then it would be fine uh you know then it'd be different but as far as like without that without you know without money involved um then it, it always it started was a real, off it was the girls that had the connection with each other yeah yeah there's yeah. an established connection there yeah so i wouldn't even know how to like cold start without that yeah i know it it can be very uh strange and awkward you know sometimes it is a, a heterosexual couple that sort of seduces another mm -hmm. woman but i think whenever you have a situation where it's two women and a guy and the women have no chemistry with each other mm -hmm. then it it gets a little bit awkward because jealousy can happen there's often a lot of potential in a three-person sexual situation for one person to get left out yeah. You know, and they're sitting there with nothing to do, right? Yeah. Well, that, that see, now that's the thing. And, and this is true mainly for FFMs, mm -hmm. where it's two women, mm -hmm. is that if unless people are really close together, and that's why you want to have that great chemistry, you know, unless, again, it's a sex worker getting hired or something. Um, well, that's where we're going next. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless you have that great, I mean, you got to have that great chemistry because you got to be so connected to each other. You know, to where that way nobody feels left out. Uh, I mean, because there's a lot going on. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of feelings, emotions, uh, sensations mm -hmm. that are, that, you know, that are being shared and all that. Uh, so you really don't want any kind of, you know, kind of alienation of it, you know, going on. Uh, yeah. With that. You know, I, I have a friend who's mostly straight, but she's kind of bi-curious. She's had some crushes on women. And she told me that she 
she's not sure if she really likes women because one time she had a threesome with a guy and his girlfriend and she really wasn't attracted to the girl. She was mostly into the guy Mm -hmm. and she didn't have a good experience doing anything sexual with the other woman. And so she thinks maybe this has ruined her on women for good or this proves that she's not really into women. And I say, you know, I I think it might have been I think it might have had more to do with the situation that they were there performing for the guy. They're there to please the guy. Well, yeah, I, I really don't like that aspect of threesomes, which is so common in in porn, you know, where it's just basically two girls who really aren't attracted to each other, but they're just kissing and touching each other to turn on the man. And then, you know, men see that and they think any two women who are touching and kissing each other must be doing it for their sake. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that's simply not true. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew you were going to go into this question. Um, and this was going to be like my last tip, but I'll just mention it now quickly. Mm-hmm. Is that, look, as the guy, just fucking do not make it about you. Do not make it about you. Let the ladies do their thing, you know, and if they want you to be a part of it or whatever. I mean, just just keep feeling it out. But do not make it about your dick. I mean, because you are outnumbered, man. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just just let it let it happen, you know, and and that is a huge problem. You're already with two women. I mean, what more can you ask for? Like, don't rub it in, right? For fuck's sake, the show alone. I mean, it's phenomenal, you know, but yeah, really, like, remove yourself from being the center of attention. Be humble, right? Yeah, Be be humble. Yeah, be humble. And like, okay, how can I please you? Act that, you know, have that mindset going into it, which is the mindset they have anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and believe me, it's it, it'll be an unbelievable experience. Yeah. And I like that he started out saying he wants to have a threesome that everyone enjoys. Right on. Because, yeah, I mean, that's the only kind of threesome that's really legit, in my opinion. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why would you want to do it if not everybody's having a good time? No, then it's slavery. Or, but, well, you know, not slavery. <laughs> <laughs> then it's something that's not cool. But anyway, um. You know, I think it can be really diff. It it actually can be very difficult to be aware. It can be even difficult to be really in tune with the needs of one partner during sex, even mm-hmm. one partner who you know very well, like your spouse. Sure, you know, you've had sex with a lot of times, and you know them very well. It can be hard to, you know, maintain the focus on both of your pleasure at the same time. And when you add a third person into the mix, especially if it's a person you haven't had sex with before and you don't know very well, or not, or both of you hadn't have not had sex with before, um, it becomes even more difficult. And so, my advice to this person was actually to find a sex worker to work with. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not saying to do anything illegal. There are places in the world where sex work is legal, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so. You know, and obviously people still do it (laughs) even places where it is where it is illegal. (laughs) But there are places in the world where you can do this legally. And, um, you know, I've heard interviews with women in that. What is that county in Nevada? You know, the one right outside of Vegas where it's legal or whatever. And a lot of a lot of them say that they'll hang out with a couple for the day. They'll spend the afternoon with them playing volleyball or talking or whatever. And then they'll have a threesome and everybody enjoys it because they've gotten to know each other a little bit first and they feel more comfortable and they're flirting and they're it's like, you know, a prelude kind of leading up to it. So, you know, that absolutely can happen. I just think for your situation, since your wife has not been with a woman before and it's going to be her first time she's going to have a harder she's going to have to be sort of figuring out what to do with another woman and what she wants to do and what she's comfortable with doing and you know but one or both of you are potentially going to be maybe navigating a little bit of jealousy if that comes up for you i don't know how much like how much you're prone to that but um it certainly is something that can come up during a threesome situation so there's emotional dynamics at play 
And there's also, um, I guess, sexuality dynamics at play, mm-hmm. right? Like new sexual experiences and that kind of Which thing. Is Which why is why it's great to have a professional there. Right. And a professional has handled those situations yes. before, has training, has experience, and has, and no, well, I don't know about training, but they definitely have experience. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and they're more likely to be more knowledgeable about navigating those situations that come up that can be difficult than others. Also, you're paying her. That's her compensation. You don't have to worry about making sure that she, um, you know, has so much sexual pleasure that her mind is blown because that's not what she's getting out of the experience. She's getting paid. Mm-hmm. So, and it is going to be work to have to navigate all those emotional dynamics potentially that come up. Yeah. And also, you know, frankly, there's an element of no drama in there. She knows exactly why she's in that situation. She's not going to, you know, be wanting to develop a an ongoing relationship or bust up your marriage or anything like that. Mm-hmm. She is a person that you're hiring for services. And then that's it. You know, that's the end of the transaction. Whereas yeah. with a whereas with somebody who you just kind of pick up or something at a bar or whatever, or if a friend, it's a friend that you know or whatever, those can get weird because the person is there in your life in other contexts. You're going to see them again, potentially. And who knows? They could develop feelings for you or your wife or both of you or whatever. And maybe those feelings are not reciprocated. Maybe they are reciprocated. Maybe you want to break up with your wife and be with this new woman. I mean, that's yeah. that's a scary idea. Maybe she wants to break up with you and leave her leave you for the woman, like on The Bachelor. So all of those things can happen. And I'm just saying, working with a professional makes this less complicated in right. so many ways. So right. that's why I think that's an ideal. And it's so hard to find a non-professional third woman an actual unicorn right that's why they call them unicorns (laughs) right because you know i mean hot single bisexual women they're out there they do exist but you know they don't always want to be the new person that gets kind of taken into your home for the night and used as a sexual plaything. and you know they might feel used they might not enjoy that feeling they might love it they like might love being the guest star they might love being appreciated but you know you have to actually appreciate her for, for her to feel appreciated yeah, absolutely right? and yeah, some yeah. people don't some people leave their third out some people just uh, expect them to do all the work or something even though they're the hot commodity so you have to realize that the unicorn is a is a hot and valuable commodity yes um, and so much so that you know you could really make a good argument that what she's doing is a valuable, scarce, and in-demand service. And so why should she not be getting paid for it? Right. And the exact opposite of your dick. I mean, because d- dick is, is <laughs> Dick abundant. is abundant and low value. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's yeah. like dirt. Yeah. So, it's everywhere, but you don't really want to see it. Yeah. And, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not very nice. No. But <laughs> well, it's just it's I have just... heard that comparison many times before. Well, okay, yeah, right. It's, it's true. It is easy if you're a woman, it is easy to find a guy to have sex with. Yes. You. Yeah. So again, I just want to, you know, reiterate my last kind of my last tip there, which is look, do not go in there thinking you know, you're going to say, yeah, both of you, why don't you both lick my cock, you know, or something like that. Like, <laughs> like just, just erase that from your memory. If they, if they want to do that, they will do it. They will. Yeah. Okay? If it turns them on, they will right. suggest it. They themselves. Will abso- <laughs> yeah. They will absolutely do it. The mindset you want to have is how can I please these women? Mm-hmm. All right. That, I mean, that's a great mindset to have in life. Yes. Thank All you, right? Brian. <laughs> but I mean, but that's what you really, really want if you're in a threesome. High five, Brian. Woo! Hey. <laughs> Golden Stanley. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it's true. Guys can get so overconfident. And so that's why we're just saying this. We're not trying to beat up on you. We're no, just trying no, no. the ones who are arrogant and overconfident and way too immodest or not immodest, but in unhumble what is the opposite they they don't have any arrogant yeah arrogant they don't have any humility self-centered they you know self-awareness and humility goes a long way to ensuring that you will have many many more threesomes many many more sexual experiences and the women will keep coming back to you because you're a good um, person and you respect them and you make them feel good great lover yes a good great lover what a great note to end on. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> we have this email that we've been sitting on for two weeks. I feel so bad. Um, but we'll get to it. There's always one more episode. We will. There's always one more. <laughs> and I think we're. he sent it at the beginning of our season break anyway, so I think we're past the point where it matters. But we should probably write back to him and yeah. just tell him privately before we talk about it on the show. Anyway, there's more coming up on the after show, but if you're not joining us for that, sexandsciencehour.com will be back at you next Friday. You've just heard Sex and Science Hour. Game over. Play again next week. Stallion, wild cherry. It's gonna be a wild ride tonight. We're here. Oh, I'm certain of it. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a hot segment, wasn't it? I loved what you said about you know prioritizing the pleasure of your partners or oh, yeah. partner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's well that'll get you far in life. You know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely, it really does. Yeah. Um. So anyway, we're here on the after show, and uh, in case you haven't heard the deal before, the shtick is that you know we support the show basically partially by um, stuff.sexandsciencehour.com, which is our Amazon affiliate link. Mm-hmm. We let people shop through that link, and then we can see what they purchase. We can't see who purchased it, but we talk about the purchases on the after show, and then there's like you know interesting conversation thrown in there because every thing that people buy brings up different you know memories and stories and uh, things that we like to talk about. So actually last, you know, we just got our uh, commission from one of the months um, a couple or last week, like right after we recorded the last show. Yeah. And Brian, why don't you tell everybody what you suggested that we buy with it? Oh, we're going to... Because I'm excited about this. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be for fun and for actually... And for review purposes as well. And for some content. Um, But uh, yeah, the Mini NES or the the NES Mini as in the Nintendo Entertainment System. This is an officially licensed Nintendo. It's this very... It's like the size... Smaller than like the palm of your hand. I mean, like it's really, really tiny and it looks just like a classic uh, NES and it has like 30 games on it. It's coming out November 11th and they're only like 50 bucks. I mean, they're they're not much, you know, Uh, but um, yeah, we're going to use we're going to use some of the Sex and Science Hour funds to get our hands on that because, A, it's a great time. I mean, you know, you get some of the best games that have ever been made that are still playable today, uh, you know, and enjoy that. And then we get to review it. Maybe mm-hmm. we should do a video review. Boy, that'd be a fun Ooh, thing. Yeah, that'd yeah, be cool. See the two of us playing, I don't know, Ice Climbers or, or something like that. Maybe, uh-huh. maybe Double Dragon to the Revenge. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know, but you totally sold me on that because I'm willing to play anything that you want to play. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> 
We won't do it naked, but... Well, not the video, but we might play games naked. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, that goes without saying, right? Please. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) By the way, if you you liked our listener email from the last segment, and if you want to send in a listener email to the show, show at sexandsciencehour.com. Or if you want to be anonymous, um, we can use our new and improved contact form on our website, which is sexandsciencehour.com. Just click on the contact link up at the top of the uh, uh, website there. And I just... I just kind of edited the contact form because it said, before it said like a boring kind of generic email required. And yeah. I didn't want to make it seem like it was required that you put in your real email or anything. I really wanted not. to make it a little more welcoming. And, you know, people would put in an email, but it wasn't their real email. It was yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is not my actual email at gmail.com or whatever, or like a at a.com. That's another popular one. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we know that those are fake email addresses and we totally don't care. So now it's been improved and it says like your email, you don't have to put in your real email. <laughs> <laughs> and I unchecked the required box. So now even more anonymous. So, I have been vindicated. We actually did have a lady listener who was listening to last week's show who bought the sea sponge tampons that oh. I, re- I reviewed on the show. Um, and she chose a different kind than I got. Um, these are Constantina Beauty 12-pack of natural sea silk sponges, one and a half inch to three inch sizes for cosmetic use. Now, I mean, cosmetic use, tampon use, what's the difference? It's all the same. It's this, just mm-hmm. a sea sponge, basically. <laughs> and um, this is a, like a variety of sizes. And now people use these to put powder on their face, and they use it for all kinds of just cosmetic stuff. But they can also be used as tampons. And if you want to, um, you know, just basically f- rinse them out when you're done with them, you can soak them in vinegar water to, like, clean them out you know, to make mm-hmm. it um, more hygienic and just let it dry completely in between uses and you, they, it, it won't grow bacteria. Okay. Just like a regular sea sponge that you use in the shower. So, um, cool. Let me know how it goes. I have a feeling this is because I talked about sea sponge tampons in last week's show. You are an inspiration. I am. To women all around the world. Uh. And actually, <laughs> I, I say that I, like it, with a lot of seriousness, too, actually, because I really think you are. Oh, well, thank you, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody in the, also in the uh, natural personal care department, a woman after my own heart, or I'm guessing it's a woman, maybe not, but somebody got Silver Shield Deodorant Sensitive Skin Formula Floral Scent, all natural colloidal silver deodorant. Now, before you dismiss me as a kook who puts colloidal silver on her armpits, um, hear me out. they turn blue? <laughs> no, they do not turn blue unless you eat the colloidal silver <laughs> over many years or just a huge dose of it. Like there was this, you can get this thing called, what is it, Arger argyrophilia or argyrosis or something like that mm-hmm. where the silver actually accumulates in your skin and that's why you're not supposed to drink too much colloidal silver it's billed as like you know an antibiotic and it gets rid of everything and a cure-all just like the butt plugs but and it does silver does have antibacterial properties you can get socks embedded with silver you know sheets or yes. s- silver threads that will you know not smell and cause your feet to smell good um, so the same principle applies for deodorant. It's bacteriostatic. It stops the bacteria from growing. And you put it on your armpits. And it makes you, it, it serves the same, 
it works just as good as any deodorant I've tried. And it actually works better than any natural deodorant I've tried. So there's some people who tried to avoid the aluminum chlorohydrex glide deodorant or whatever, Mm -hmm. because it blocks your pores and it's aluminum. And some people say it's like, that's not good, especially if you're shaving your armpits and you cut them, it could get into your body and maybe mess up your breasts or breast cancer. I don't know. I don't know the truth, but I use Silver Shield because... Um, I feel like it's safer. I mean, it is probably safer. Mm-hmm. Um, if it seems better to put silver on your skin than to put aluminum on your skin, let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually going to ask about that. <laughs> safer, but... less toxic, and it works. Right. So why would you not use it? I guess you could say it's a little bit expensive, but really, it's not that much. It's this one was a eleven twenty five price point for a two ounce thing, which lasts like a couple of months. No, it's great. So it's not. It's really not that expensive. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I do want to say. Um. Now I've used the same stuff. I tried it. As a you know, as a guy, mm-hmm. um, I bought it once, mm-hmm. and so two things. One is is that well, so generally, like I shave my armpits, but mm-hmm. at times where I didn't, this this is a roller, right? This is the roller ball kind. Yes. Yeah, like your hair can get caught in that. So keep that in mind if you're a guy. Oh, they do okay. have a spray on kind as well, but yeah, that's okay. a good point. Yep. So keep that in mind. But for myself, like it didn't work well for yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I'm a pretty honestly testosterone fueled guy. I guess <laughs> yeah. you could say. Well, you <laughs> and, work out too, yeah, right? And yeah. And, like crazy. I find so, that it doesn't work for me. You know, if you go more than twenty four hours, you got to reapply it. You yeah. can't. You can't be going more than a day, or else it does does break down and stop working. Yeah, but I will. I just want to share that I've tried a lot of the other natural ones. You know, Tom's of Maine and all these different ones. Oh yeah, none they of them work fucking work. None no. of them work. <laughs> the only one I've I've found that actually works and actually smell. It's the best smelling one I've ever had too. Mm-hmm. Was um on it o n n i t. Oh yeah, they have a kind. That uh, now you get the lavender kind. They also offer a cedar, but I think the lavender smells. Oh, you amazing. love the smell of lavender. Yeah, and I'm not the pumpkin only one. pie. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um, but uh, but that stuff works great. That lasts me like over a day if needed. It, it's it's really really good. So the Onnit um, deodorant, their natural deodorant, is fantastic for for men. I mean, and they make it for women too. But anyway, go ahead. Awesome. Well, um, people were clearly getting ready for Halloween. They were buying last minute costumes. Somebody got a Snoopy hoodie. It's like it's like a red little hoodie jacket for like a kid, like child size. But when you put up the hood, it's white and it has Snoopy's face on it with ears and his little, you know, Snoopy ears and legs. Nice. (laughs) It's pretty sweet. So this was a big boy's medium size or something like that. Big boy. Big boy, you're a big boy. Woo! <laughs> I Your wish... words, not mine. <laughs> I meant it in an innocent way. Like, oh, oh! You're, you're just a big, nice boy. Okay. <laughs> Somebody got Russell Athletics men's short sleeve cotton T-shirt, ranging from two dollars to fifteen ninety nine. Nice. Yeah, how can you make a T-shirt for two dollars? I there's a part of me that feels like, oh my god, they must be using like slave labor. Oh, don't get know, me like started. Sweatshops, yeah. Um, I'm like, how can they make a T-shirt for two dollars, even if they automated a lot of it? This annoys me to no end. There are so many people who are like, the market is wonderful. We can have shirts for three dollars now. This is amazing. And it's yeah. like, no, you're really wearing shit. You know, like, like that, that shirt. And I don't care if it, I mean, well, I do care if it came, where it came from, but you know, regardless of all that argument, the fact is that shirt that supposedly you can have that, well, before, you know, a hundred years ago, you couldn't even get a shirt. 
Well, yeah, but the shirt's garbage. Okay, like <laughs> you know, you're still throwing money down the drain. Yeah, they don't tend opinion. to be like super good quality. You can't find a good quality shirt anymore. They're gone. I've bought shirts like the soft ones. I know they're they're gone. Yeah, and I I mean this. I've bought shirts. I've bought and and I don't have money. I'm just saying I've bought Imperial Armani shirts. Uh huh. Okay, they fall the fuck apart. They're Do terrible. they really? They're terrible. Oh and my they god! Feel like crap. I have shirts. From 20 years ago, they still last, and they are so goddamn soft. <sighs> Things just don't get made oh, like so they used to. Soft. I don't care about the price being so low, and oh, isn't this wonderful? No, it's not wonderful. My shirts suck. You know? Yeah, and, you can't anyway. find the quality. Yeah. Like I said, don't get me started. All right. Yeah. Well, you well I, got I got you started. started. And it was good, because we kind of lost internet there for a while. Really? Yeah. But oh. it came we, it came back. I don't know why I got disconnected. Well, good thing uh, Audacity has offline capability. That's right. It's, it's not connected to the internet yet. <laughs> it's not going to kill your dog when it forgets to feed it because oh, the internet... Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, so sad. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's a reference to the internet of things. Yes. F- fiasco stuff. Uh, somebody got a replacement laptop screen for a Dell Latitude E5440. 14 inch LCD screen and it's, it's just the screen and it was only 45 bucks. Yeah. So that's right. cool. I guess I mean, maybe their screen must've gotten cracked or who knows. Yeah. The know. E5540. I mean, that's like, that's kind of a good Linux machine. I, I imagine I could picture that. Somebody got a really cute thing. So this is just a, a, um, a on off power switch cable for a raspberry Pi, but it's called the love R Pi. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that cute? That's it's great. the lover Pi. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I am such a fan of the Raspberry Pi. That's, I know. You have great. one, don't you? I do. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah, yours is really cool. Somebody got a Nexus Silent Wired Mouse SM8500, which I think, is that the one we're using in the studio right now? No, but it's close. It's definitely close. I use a, a, a silent mouse because I know you don't want to hear clicking in your audiobooks and podcasts and that kind of thing. I could be clicking right now and you would never know it. In fact, I did just click and you... You have no idea. Have no idea. Because you can't hear it because it's silent. Stealth. Ninja. <laughs> Ninja. <laughs> uh, somebody got the Ubiquity Edge Router X Advanced Gigabit Ethernet Routers. Oh, good. Yep. <laughs> now, somebody somebody listens to security now. Why do they? How do you know? Because this is kind of, a, this is a hot topic. How much did that thing cost? 50 bucks. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. This, 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 this router is brilliant it's mm-hmm. fifty dollars and it has all the abilities under the sun and it, it's super but you have to plug in right it's a, it's an ethernet router so you plug in the cable the internet ethernet yeah cables. but i mean but they're like it's it's just remarkable what this little thing this little box can do yeah uh, yeah yeah steve gibson talks about it all the time um on, on security now i i don't have one but i i does it have something to do with the fact that it's not wireless that's what i'm saying no, no, no. I mean, it, it's just there's there's a lot of features. I mean, we could get into you know the alphabet soup of it all, uh, but it's just a very nice little. Well, name there. one that you're excited about. I'm curious. One. Uh, one feature. One cool thing that it does. Well, a lot of the. I mean, UPHP handling. I mean, there's. <laughs> What's that? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is that we could go to, <laughs> we could go down a lot of this road. I mean, and, and it's yeah, it's nice. UPHP. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got chapstick. Oh, gross. I loved it until I saw the flavor, spearmint, my most hated flavor. I hate spearmint. Please don't kiss me. I don't have spearmint. 
No, I mean the person oh, who, whoever's yeah, wearing yeah, yeah, this chapstick, yeah. maybe you can't because you're far away. But bleh, I don't like spearmint, but I, I hope you're very happy with it. They <laughs> got a 12 pack of chapstick spearmint lip balm. Hard to find, it says. <laughs> maybe they discontinued their spearmint because it's a yucky flavor. <laughs> That's entirely possible. Maybe, but I'm just being mean. I mean, I know some people like it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be so popular. I just don't. I don't know. I just don't. <laughs> and then winter mint, which is a combination of peppermint and spearmint, right? Don't like that either. Somebody got beard brand tea tree mustache wax. Mustache wax. Can you believe it? We saw a cashier at the grocery store yesterday who had a waxed mustache, and he looked very dapper. May I? May I say? Wow, okay. And this is made out of at least some tea tree oil. The tea tree blend is our most crisp and fresh-smelling blend. Built for those who appreciate only the minimal, this wax is filled with only all-natural, awesome ingredients. You know what beeswax and jojoba oil is, but for those who don't know what lanolin is, it's pretty much wool juice. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, Pretty cool. So tell us what... How t- tell us how you're styling your uh, mustache or your facial hair with that stuff. Wonder what they're doing with it, or maybe it's part of their Halloween costume. We can only speculate, really. Somebody got a Sunbeam Micro Plush heated throw. Now this is looking it. It's still loading, admittedly, but yeah, it looks like basically an electric blanket, and it's my favorite color, olive. Well, nice. favorite color for like textiles, for like clothes and blankets and stuff like that. I really like that color. This was 33 bucks, and it has a switch. And, you know, it's getting cold. It's that time of year where you really could use an electric blanket, especially if you, you know, if your house is drafty or whatever. It's really nice to just curl up and have a warm bed. Or some people use them for massage tables as well. Like they put it underneath, and then you go into the massage table, and you're like, ah, it's warm. I feel relaxed even before I got the massage. So maybe it's for that. Yeah. Somebody got some Velcro brand sticky back strips. So like, you know, you could stick it on the wall and then like stick it to another thing and hang it up on the wall with Velcro. It's pretty cool. Somebody got some uh, marshmallow roasting sticks made out of bamboo. They're kind of like chopsticks, but they're for marshmallow roasting. Um, I guess you got to use Yeah. Bamboo is a very versatile wood and there's a lot of it in the world, right? Bamboo. Uh, yeah, I mean, in, in large swaths of the world, mm-hmm. it just so happens to be quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, in the jungle, right? I mean, we have sheets made out of bamboo, and they're actually, you they're know, nice. really good, yeah. Um, I love those sheets. They're actually softer than a lot of cotton sheets and thicker than mm-hmm. I've experienced. Um, and they weren't bad either. They were, what, 35 bucks for a sheet set, I think? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I got them on Amazon, stuff.sexandsciencehour.com. Somebody got a, ooh, cool, a mini lathe indexable carbide insert tool bit set. So this is like bits that go in a lathe, I guess. And a lathe is something that turns like bowls and st- wood stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, carve like almost like a pot out of it. Yeah. Uh, you can turn a bowl or turn a round thing like a leg for a table or something like that, make it different uh, different shapes. Um, somebody got a HHIP 48-piece thread wire measuring set. I have no freaking idea what that does. Maybe this is industrial stuff. <laughs> yeah, way to go, way to go. Kydex V-Sheet Thick Calcutta Black. I have no idea what that does either. It's mm. like a black sheet of some... I have no idea. And then, finally, the Dough Cooler Portable Stainless Steel Lightweight Folding Wood Stove Pocket Alcohol Stove. So this is like when you go camping, you put a can of alcohol underneath, 
and you light it on fire and it warms up. It acts like a gas stove, basically. Yep. And you actually have um, used those before, haven't you, Brian? I think those camping stoves. Yeah. The alcohol fuel. Yep. Yeah. Or what they call like a Halcyon stove. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can like make them out of tin cans. If you want to. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, there's something you can do with a tin can where you make it into a shape and it becomes Yeah, a like stove. you cut out the bottom and like you have the little flare. I'll yeah. tell you, some people are so resourceful. Yep, I've made those. And you, and you can like, you can carry them with you. I mean, like, because you can compress them really small. It's, it's very nice. But yeah, alcohol-based stoves, great, great Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Do you have any products you want to review this week or anything, Brian? Anything I want to review? Yeah, because we're done. Well, that's it. That's it that's for this it? week. Oh, yep. geez. Stuff, you got to go to stuff.sexandsciencehour.com to be on our after show. Sure. I'll tell you. Well, well, first off, something that I don't have, but I, I'm looking, I, you know, I'd love to get my hands on. I actually put it in my wish list, wishlist.zog.ninja. <laughs> you don't have to buy me things, though. Uh, but that, that new Star Trek encyclopedia came out. The oh, totally my gosh. It came one, out. Two oh. volume. It's like 80, 80 bucks or something. I mean, phenomenal. Like that. This this looks like just a beautiful, beautiful thing. But that's not that's not what I want to re- what I want to review. Something that I've gotten really excited about lately are these these Funko Pop vinyl figurines. Funko Pop. Funko Pop. <laughs> okay, now I've got a funny name. Yeah, I've gotten a couple like over the years, but like now the line is here's what's great about them. It's these little. I don't know, like five, six inch little figures. Okay. And they're sort of, you know, they're, they're, I don't want to say anthropomorphized. Maybe that's the word I do. They're like little cartoon almost, right? The ones that you have on your desk. right? Yeah, exactly. They're the ones on my desk. (laughs) So like I have one, I have one of, uh, I have one of tuxedo mask from sailor moon. I have one of, um, that one I've had forever. I've, I've, uh, I've got one of Adama from the original, the 1978 Battlestar Galactica. Uh, I've got one of the new rogue one ones for star Wars. Uh, of the the little art the little astromech droid um, i've got i've got a you know a few like silver surfer i've got some of these anyway uh what's really great about them is like the line is so huge like they are making figures they are making effectively toys for franchises that never really had toys made for them oh wow like i you know notwithstanding a couple points in battlestar galactica's history there really hasn't been like great Battlestar Galactica toys. I mean, Trendmasters made some back in the nineties. I had those and there were some in, in the, in the seventies, but like, that was so cool to see that. Or they even like, you can get the green Ranger, you can get Voltron, you can get alien, you can get like the, the, the alien from independence day. They have one of that. Uh, like, wow. I mean, they have it for everything. That's and pretty amazing. Yeah, and that's what's so great. It's like, wow, there's actually finally merchandise for some of these franchises that really never had merchandise. I think they're great for that alone. They're cute, too. But I, I just I think that's the best. Mm. You know, the fact that uh, I have like I even have like I have a little bobblehead um, uh, of uh, Destro from from G.I. Joe. Uh, I, just just great stuff that you, you never would have existed. And I'm glad that they're very popular. So if you've never seen those Funko Pop. They're, they're, they're a lot of fun. Funko Pop. I just can't get over the name. <laughs> Fresh out of Japan. Yeah. Though maybe not really. That's pretty cool. All right. That's a great note to end on. If you want to go listen to our back catalog of episodes, we are now into season three and we have seasons one and two already behind us, but they might be new to you because you might be just hearing about our show. So if you want to listen to our show, go to sexandsciencehour.com. Check out our playlist for season one and season two and season three is just beginning. So tune in every Friday for a new episode and we'll see you next time and remember to do your shopping through stuff.sexandsciencehour.com and tell your friends about it while you're at it thank you (laughs) we'll see you next week
Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> What's that? It's from Highlander. The Kurgan says it. Says, Happy Halloween, ladies. <laughs> Ew, creepy. That's creepy. Yeah. That's scary. But it's a great movie, <laughs> Protect though. Protect me. Oh, my God. I will. <laughs> <laughs>